Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between. We've got a Louisville a legend, the greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville, Mr. Daryl Griffin Sr. Griff, how's it going, sir? Good, man. We got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today. We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm doing amazing. With the passion for sports, meets the airwaves. We've got a lot to discuss. Name me the five coaches in the ACC better than Jeff Brown. That is why you brought in KP. And so, when you only win four games, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, yes, yes. We are back for another Saturday, another edition of the Victory Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr., right here on 93.9 The Ville. James Black in the booth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys, as always, for tuning in each and every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. as we recap what has taken place throughout the week and talk about what is coming up over the next seven days. Now, the last time I talked to you guys, the cards were going in action, and they, you know, showed some positive lights. Also, it was right before Super Bowl Sunday. It was the Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday. We have the, you know, that the Kansas City Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champions. They're second in the row. They're third in three, third in four years, and they're looking to three-peat. And also, it is All-Star Weekend. Just about, what, 90 miles, 120 miles north of us up in Indianapolis. All the stars have converged for NBA All-Star Weekend. We had a celebrity game last night. We have the three-point shootout skills competition and the dunk contest tonight. And of course, the All Star Game takes place on Saturday or Sunday night in Indianapolis, Naptown, the host of All Star Weekend. So before we get into all of that, we do have to talk about Louisville basketball. So the last time, like I said, the last time I talked to you guys, Louisville basketball, you know, it, it was what it was. It, it has been what it has been over the course of the last two seasons. They have a game tonight against Pittsburgh who was 16 and 18 Pittsburgh who was a bubble team Pittsburgh who was looking to continue to bolster their resume to make sure that they get into the tournament before we get into tonight's game let's talk about last week so the last time I spoke to you guys we were coming off of the Syracuse loss 
the goaltending that wasn't goaltending, whatever. We had a game against Georgia Tech that night. And during that game, Caleb Glenn went for 15 points, 13 rebounds, and nine offensive rebounds. He is a guy, Louisville product, male guy, that is a stud. But he is still a freshman, and he's still learning the game. And he didn't get a lot of time early in the season. And now with the depleted roster, he's finally getting some time. But he's also kind of playing out of position while also still learning the game. But you love to see it because everything he's going to give you, everything that he's got, energy, effort, and everything, every time he's out on the field. I mean, out on the court, rather. And they played their game Tuesday this week against Boston College. Up eight points at halftime. And they lost the game by 12 points, giving up another 89 points, 89 to 77, and a second half meltdown, and a second half debacle, and a second half just fumbling of everything. And and worse than worse than the game, I'm going to talk about the game because the game, how you lose another game, you give up 89 points. Syracuse before that, you gave up 94 points. Uh, before that, Clemson only 70. Virginia, you only held them to 69, but you got destroyed. Duke, 83. Wake Forest, 90. North Carolina, 86. NC State, 89. Like, these are the points. Pittsburgh last time, 83. These are the things that are happening when you're playing these teams. These, it's a common theme there. All of these games are ending in regulation. Besides, all of these games are ending in regulation, meaning 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90 points. All in regulation, even in the game that you, where you beat or where you beat with Georgia Tech, not Georgia Tech, where you scored 101 points against Florida State. You scored 101. Once again, all in regulation, but you gave up 92 points. And what is the common denominator there? What is the common theme there? What is the common problem there? The problem there is that you refuse to guard anyone refuse to check anyone and James I think we're going to go to the soundbite where Kenny Payne talks about Tyler Griever of WDRB asked Kenny Payne about the defense of the team and out of all the sound bites Kenny Payne has ever given this may be the most infuriating one James let's let's hear from coach Kenny Payne well you know the main thing is that you can't win in basketball if you don't defend you know I love I really like what we're doing offensively when we're playing together, multiple guys are scoring, we're putting up big numbers. But at the end of the day, if you're going to win, you got to get stops. Um, and that's hard for a young team, um, a young team that primarily individually have been scores, and now they're being asked to defend, um, to change their mentality into, I know that I've always been this guy since I've been born. Now I have to buy into fighting on defense, keeping the ball in front, willing a guy to get a stop, uh, not just being there saying it was a good defense and he made a shot. That's not going to get it done. Uh, you have to will him to miss the shot. They get one shot and we have to rebound the ball. Um, we can't give teams um, you know, live ball turnovers and they go get layups or easy threes in transition. That has hurt us. We have to be more solid. Um, you know, there's a multitude of things that it's attributed to, but overall, um, we just got to get better defensively. Uh, oh, oh, good golly, Miss Molly. Now, here's the thing. The thing is, what he's saying, it's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's factually inaccurate. 
it's all true, right? About the the culture of AAU, you can blame all that stuff, uh, blah, 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 or whatever. However bad you want to blame that on AAU or high school coaching or whatever. The problem is, is that he's not saying this in July or in August or in September or October or November. He's saying this on February. Guys, what is the big, you know, at the end of the season, when everybody goes to the tournament, what month is the tournament played in? Whether it's your conference tournament, the NCAA tournament, where you go to compete for national champions. When does that take place? Does, does that take place in November, September, October? No, that takes place in March. We are approximately two weeks away from March. <laughs> so Kenny Payne is talking about, one, his young team, and two, breaking the curses of AAU basketball in mid-February when most teams are preparing getting last-minute adjustments to March. Because here's the thing. February 17th, for the most part, you are what you are. That's not to say that you can't get hot in conference tournament. That's not to say that you can't get hot in the NCAA tournament. That's not to say that you can't turn it up a level in March. That's not to say that because we've seen that. We've seen that from teams right here in Louisville. We've seen it from teams in the UK. We saw it from UConn last year. We see it all the time in college basketball. That's what makes college basketball special. That's why we see these Cinderella teams end up in the Final Four. That's why we see these superstars being made in March. All of these things are true. The problem is talking about breaking these quote-unquote curses or problems from AAU basketball about your team in February is a problem. That is a problem. And for for one, a lot of these guys ain't that damn young. <laughs> Brandon ain't that young. He's a third-year guy. Sky is a second-year guy. Trey White is a second-year guy. Mike James is a third- or fourth-year guy. These are the guys that are struggling on defense. Not your Tyler Johnsons. Caleb fouls a little bit too much, right? But he's the one grabbing all your rebounds. Tyler is one being the pest on defense and makes your offense go. You're not the same team when he's not on the court, whether it's offensively or defensively. Now, he gets frustrated and he commits little stupid fouls out of frustration sometimes, flagrants or, or technicals, hitting the ball out of bounds, tripping dudes, whatever. That is just part of his DNA. It, it's, it's something he's got to work on and it'll come with more age and maturity. But those aren't the liabilities on defense. Your liabilities on defense are your older guys. Your liabilities on defense are the Trey Whites, are the Mike Jameses. These guys, they're long, far removed from AAU basketball. And guess what? Even if they just came out of an AAU tournament yesterday, you should have broke that from the jump. Hey, here at Louisville Basketball, we don't get down like that. We defend. I get it. Everybody can everybody can find guys to put the ball in the basket. Every single team in the country can find a guy that, that at least should have at least one guy on their team that is able to put the ball in the basket. That's not the problem. 
We, we figured that out, especially if you have a point guard that is able to manipulate the opponent, opposing team's defense, a point guard that is able to hit guys in their shooter pocket, a point guard that is able to distribute, a point guard that can actually score himself, a point guard that is making everybody feel good, making everybody run, because guess what? If I run, I'll get the ball. If I run and I get to my spot and I, and I make my, present myself as open, I will get the ball with a chance to score. So that's not the problem. The problem is when I score and I'm hanging on the rim and I'm celebrating while the other team is running back down the court, scoring baskets. When I, when I miss a shot, I'm hanging my head and I'm pouting while the other team is running down the court, getting baskets. When I'm getting in basic pick and roll action or basic backdoor cuts or basic, 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 basic stuff they teach you in middle school basketball. That is the problem. That is the problem. And to hear our coach, because that presser was, what, yesterday, the day before? So we're talking about, let's let's just call it Valentine's Day. So mid-February, talking about trying to break curses from AAU basketball? It's not good. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. And I will not make an excuse for that. Because that, (sighs) coaches had a lot of blunders at the podium. A lot of blunders. This may be the worst because all it does, and here's the thing. This is why I said I've said it on this show one time. If I've said it one time, I've said it a million times. Losing stinks because losing magnifies everything. What he said about his team, the self-diagnosis of his team, just the problem, them not guarding anybody, that's one thing. The excuses is what is just, come on, man. We're way past the excuse-making point of the season. Excuses are like, you know, everybody got one. Let me read your text. Also, you can text in here. Uh, 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line. 8150-939 is the call-in. 8150-939 is the call-in. Texter says, quote, there are a bunch of teams in the same boat this year, even the one up the road. I think kids these days are different uh, than there used to be. See, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up because there are teams, some teams, struggling with defense. Kentucky, let's just use them for an example. Kentucky has a bunch of true freshmen. Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, uh, DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, Zavlitermeyer, Vamisic. All these guys are actually young. Like, this is their first year of college basketball. Second of all, and that's what they decided to do. And even if you want to bring them up, yeah, they've struggled on defense. They're still top 25 in the country. They still have enough offensive firepower to win a national championship, if we're just being honest. The problem with what Kenny is saying, too, with the Rock, yeah, the Kentucky's 22 in the country. They can beat Auburn today and, and catapult back into the top 15. And second, the problem with what Kenny said. Is, is bigger than just the fact that he's blaming it on AAU basketball, whatever. Is the problem is after a four-win season, he decided to get younger. He didn't decide to get older, knowing that his job, if you don't have, like, here's the thing. Kenny's not a dumb guy. He understood that if I have another pathetic season, because last year was pathetic, whether we want to call it year one or year zero or whatever, it was pathetic. 4-28 and is pathetic. There's no excuse. Zero excuse. Unless you don't have a scholarship player on your roster, there's no excuse. I don't give a damn about no cloud or nothing. There's no excuse to go 4-28. and And so knowing that his job would be on the line, 
this season, year one, year two, whatever you want to call it, knowing that he decided to get a younger team, not an older team, knowing the whole AAU stuff, knowing all of these same problems that he's pointing out right now. He knew that last year. They don't teach defense in AAU. They only look in the score. Blah, 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 blah. And he went out and got a younger team. Freshman Caleb Glenn was supposed to be Dennis Evans, Trenton Flowers, Tyler Johnson, Curtis Williams. Got younger. Brought in two more transfers. Three transfers, technically. Or four, technically. One, Karan Davis. Obviously never played and not on the team anymore. Two, Danilo Gallant, Danilo. Sophomore, true sophomore. Three, Trey White, true sophomore. And four, Sky Clark, true sophomore who only played six or seven games at Illinois. So he got younger, knowing the stuff that he knew about AAU basketball. See, here's the thing about these comments. Here's the thing about the stuff that he's saying. It only digs a deeper hole because you allow more criticism. It's not to say that this criticism wasn't coming. We're eight and seventeen on the year. We're gonna have we're having another losing season, another pathetic season, giving up eight point leads, losing by twelve, being outscored in second halves by twenty points. That's pathetic. But at least soften the blow. They're asking you about defense. You have to take responsibility. That has been the number one problem of this regime. There has been zero accountability the entire time. The entire two years, there has been zero, counted zero accountability taken on the fact that this basketball program stinks right now. That's, that's not good. That is not good. Zero accountability. Last year, it was the players and their families. I never liked that. It, it was never good enough for four wins. I don't give a damn who the players or their families are. If they're on scholarship, if you have 10 to 12 scholarship players at the University of Louisville, you should not go 4-28. Ever. But, okay, it was the players and their families. You got them up through. Knowing what you knew about the AAU system, knowing what you know about the current climate of basketball, knowing what you know about everything about the current way college basketball is being orchestrated, high school basketball is being orchestrated, and everything in between. Knowing that, you decided to go younger, not older, not with a bunch of grad transfers and sixth and seventh year guys out there that can know that they may average 15 points per game at a, at a max school or average 16 points per game in the Conference USA or average, you know, 12 points per game in the West Coast Conference. No, you decided to take a chance because that's always what you're doing with freshmen. Take a chance on freshmen. Some of them have panned out and some of them haven't. And then some of them just never made it to campus or made it to campus and dipped before the first, you know, before the first in-season practice. And some of them had, you know, Lord, Lord bless medical conditions that you just can't predict. That's not your fault. But instead of going with the four, five, six-year guy, you went with the, you know, zero-year guy or the one-year guy, one year in college. Let me continue to read the text line. Also, you can text in at 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line. Texter, I lost all respect for Kenny with the family's comments. Yeah, the family's comments was never, never cool. 
Like that was never cool. We, we looking back on it, that was never cool. That, that just wasn't good. I mean, that that's just a bad excuse. And this is just the latest in bad excuses. This is just the latest in bad excuses. See, here's the thing what I won't do. Here's what I won't do. And you guys know I I, I wanted this. I've never been. First of all, everybody calling stuff the KP Mafia, that's lame to me. I've always said that. That is super lame. I never, yeah, it's just, it just sounds, it's like, just sounds goofy to me. Super lame. But regardless, I have been a Kenny supporter from the jump. I thought this was going to work. I wanted it to work deeply. And even after, even after 4 and 28, when I said I held him accountable for it now, let's not get it twisted. The family's comment was weak. I held him accountable for 4 and 28, but I thought, first of all, my standards were never lowered. So when someone asked me, you can go back to my old shows, what I thought or what I expected or what I wanted from this year's team, I wanted 20 wins. I wanted 20 wins. I wanted a, a, a spot, a bubble team. Because my expectations never changed. I thought last year, going into the season, they'd win 15, between 15 and 17 games. They didn't. They only won four. But see, the next year, I wanted between 20 and 23 wins and be a bubble team fighting to be in the NCAA tournament. That obviously is not going to happen. And so, therefore, when you drastically underachieve, my bar is not being lowered just because you quote-unquote fought. Or just because you're picking up a couple of measly wins at the end of the year. We do know if we if the season ended today and we did a two-year average, we'd average six wins a year. That It's not good enough. Even if you doubled it and made it 12 wins per year, that's not good enough. That's grounds to be fired at the University of Louisville. That is grounds to be fired at the University of Louisville. Let me repeat that one more time. That is grounds to be fired at the University of Louisville. 12 win per season average. It's not getting the job done. 6,000 people on average coming to the games. When an arena seats 22,000 and the women get over 7,500. That's not good enough. And so my bar, my standard will not be lowered. Just because we quote unquote fought in some of these games. Let me continue reading your text. 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line. Texter, will Kenny be welcome back here at all? He's burnt all goodwill and his legacy is tarnished. See, here's the thing. Now, this is interesting. So you're saying if, if Louisville decides to move on, which looks like the inevitable, will how will Kenny Payne be received? I hate to say it. It won't be good. It won't be. Because fans whether you're a fan now and have been a fan for a long time or you're a newer Louisville fan, your memory of Kenny Payne won't be the 86 championship or the fact that he went in the first round in 89 because most fans that are being developed or even fans that have been fans for of Louisville over the last 15 to 20 years, like myself, you weren't, you weren't alive during 80, 86 when they won it. You weren't alive to watch Kenny play in 89 and when he went in the first round of the 89 draft? I never saw Kenny Payne shoot a jumper for Louisville. I never saw Kenny Payne score a basket for the cards. I never saw Kenny Payne in action. I never saw what he did. My recollection from Kenny Payne is watching old WHAS highlights and what I'm seeing right now. I'm, 20, I'm 28 years old. 
I never saw Kenny Payne do anything for the University of Louisville. That's not to say that he didn't. That doesn't take away the fact that he actually did it. But these eyeballs of mine never saw it. Have no recollection of it. Have no attachment to it. Have no. Have nothing in my fandom. Nothing in my fandom of the University of Louisville is associated with Kenny Payne at all. Nothing. There's nothing to brag about. There's nothing to, to speak positively about. Because me and my demographic, the only association with the University of Louisville and Kenny Payne and my demographic. I'm not saying for my daddy and them, my mom and them. My demographic is his tenure as the head coach of the University of Louisville. And nothing about that has positive emotional attachment. Nothing. Nothing at all. Not not the fact that I thought he was a hard-working coach. It's not to say I think he's lazy, but you've read the reports. Louisville was ghost out on the recruiting trail. You see the signees or lack thereof, the commitments or lack thereof, the passion, the work, the fight, the record, the games. I go to these games. I've been to a majority of these games over the last two years. Nothing about my fandom. I can't speak for the older generation. I'm 28 years old, so I can't speak for those that are 38 or 48 that may have seen Kenny play at Louisville or may have some type of positive emotional attachment to Kenny as a basketball player. I don't know. My only positive or, or just emotion when it comes to Kenny Payne, all comes from his coat when it associated with the University of Louisville, all comes from his coaching tenure. And ain't nothing about that positive. <laughs> ain't nothing about that positive. It's all been 808s and heartbreaks, baby. It's been Kanye West 808s and heartbreaks. I mean, it has been heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. Both on the court, well, heartbreak. See, let me take that back. Let me take that back. Because heartbreak is like losing on a buzzer beater, right? That's heartbreak. Because you felt like you actually had a chance to win. I remember Blank always pulled that stat up about Louisville being 15-point or more underdogs at the sports books. I think it's happened, let's call it, 25 times. Three times under Denny in his last year as his coach, or the last couple of years of his coaching tenure. Zero under Rick, zero under Chris Mack. 19 times under <laughs> 19 times under Kenny Bay. So ain't nothing heartbreaking about that because the sports books going into the game are saying, we expect you to lose by 15 or more points. 15, 17, 20, 22, 25. Seen them as high as 25-point underdogs. 25-point underdogs. You can't get heartbroken when you're expected to lose by 25 points. Ain't nothing heartbreaks about that. So you know what my associations are? It's with, with the Kenny Payne, it's misery. <laughs> like, it's miserable. So, so you're asking, will he be accepted? I don't know if he'll be accepted. Because the fans that are just becoming fans, the fans that are only about 20-year fans like myself, and this demographic, 20, 25-year fans, because we're only about 20, 25 years old, or about I remember from the time I was about three years old, Luke Whitehead is like the first. You talk, talk about your first image of a Louisville Cardinal. Mine was Luke Whitehead, 
Reese Gaines, Luke Whitehead. What year is that? Like 2001, 2002. You know what I'm saying? So like you know, anybody in that demographic where their first images of Cardinals are in that 2000, 2001, 2002 area, they don't know about Kenny Payne first round pick in 1989 or Kenny Payne riding the bench for the 86 championship. They don't know that. All they know is this version. And this version will not be received well. This version is the one getting all the tweets saying, when are they going to fire him? This version is the one that people are like, we should have fired him after Kentucky or after Arkansas State or after DePaul. So, yes, the Twitter sphere, the social media kids of Louisville fans, they won't respect him moving forward. They won't show him the love and gratitude that it probably should moving forward. And that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. We got to take a break. After the break, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Talk a little bit about tonight's game against Pittsburgh. And then Carter Knox. I saw you guys talking about Carter Knox on social media. I'm here to put all of that to bed. You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. The cards are back in action tonight on the road against Pittsburgh. Pre-game coverage with Paul Rogers and Bob Valvano begins at 5 o'clock with live play-by-play at 6.30 and then directly following the network postgame, it's the Coors Light postgame show with Ethan Moore. It's all tonight on your home for the cards, 93.9 The Ville and the ESPN Louisville app. This is Jeff Houston, and you're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Ah, yes, 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 we're back. The Victory Formation Sports Show right here. Jeff Lightsey Jr. on the mic, James Black in the booth. You can call in. 8150-939 is the call-in number. 8150-939 is the call-in number. 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line. Now, as we went to break, I kind of teased. We call that in the business a tease to the Carter Knox stuff. So if you didn't know, Carter Knox and a few of his OTE teammates, overtime elite that is, 
one, they're up in Indy. You could see them play. Shout out to um, my guy Kobe, Kitra Withers, all those guys doing some great work with Overtime Elite and Adidas this weekend up at All-Star Weekend, getting some good footage, uh, continuing to make a name for themselves, carve a name, carve a lane for themselves, them, Deadstock, all carving like videography lanes. They're getting exposure to the young men, specifically in this part of town in the city of Louisville, getting them the exposure, helping them get recruited. College coaches reach out to these videographers. So shout out to those guys making that happen. But OTEs up in All-Star Weekend. And before they went to Indianapolis, they announced that a few of their guys, because OTE is sponsored by Adidas, <clears throat> and they announced a few of their guys signed contracts and endorsement deals with Adidas. And one of those guys happened to be none other than Carter Knox. As we know, Carter Knox, the five-star that is being recruited by Louisville. Coach Kenny Payne has a deep relationship with his family. He recruited his brother Kevin Knox to Kentucky. Kevin Knox then ultimately became a one-and-done at UK in a first-round pick by the New York Knicks way back then. And now Carter has Louisville, Kentucky, and South Florida in the G League. I think it's his final four. Louisville, obviously, is a linchpin staple for the Adidas brand. South Florida is also sponsored by Adidas. So look, people automatically connected the dots. Oh, he signed with Adidas. It means going to Louisville or Louisville's got a legit chance. And that's not to say Louisville doesn't, I mean, doesn't have a, I mean, it's not to say Louisville has a 0% chance to land Cardinox, but it's only about a 3%. I'd say only about 3%. And here's why the Adidas thing just doesn't matter at all. Like, it, it doesn't mean anything. Let's, let's be completely honest about this. Him signing with Adidas means absolutely nothing. Let me repeat that. Him signing with Adidas means absolutely nothing when it comes to his recruitment, period. Not just his recruitment to Louisville. It just doesn't mean anything for his recruitment, period. And here's why. Because we've seen other superstars in college sports sign with rival shoe company, said shoe company, and go to a school who has the rival shoe company. Don't believe me? Angel Reese is at LSU. LSU is one of the hottest places for Nike right now. Angel Reese signed with Reebok. She signed with Shaq and Reebok. Let's keep going. Justin Edwards, a lot of UK fans, very familiar with Justin Edwards. He's at Kentucky. Kentucky, one of Nike's linchpins. He signed with Clutch Sports and New Balance. He's a New Balance guy. You want to keep going? Ian Jackson, who was also signed with Adidas, that was a part of these four or five guys from OTE, Overtime Elite, to sign with Adidas. Ian Jackson's going to North Carolina. They're Jordan brand. Let's end in you all's favorite, Miss Haley Van Lith. Your favorite. <laughs> she left Louisville with an Adidas contract. Went to LSU with the Nike contract, the Nike endorsement. And it hasn't stopped anything. And those are the ones I just thought of off the top of my head. I'm sure there are more. But that is why him signing with Adidas means absolutely nothing. All it means is that when he's walking into the building and around campus, he'll be wearing Adidas. But when he laces it up, so let's, let's just use Kentucky for an example. If Carter Knox decides to go to Kentucky and he laces it up, he'll be wearing John Morant's or Devin Booker's or Kobe's, or Katie's, or LeBron's, or whatever, maybe even Jordan's, and not Adidas. And when he gets off the court, he'll be putting on his Trey Young's, or his Anthony Edwards, or his James Harden's, or whatever. So the don't look too much into 
the Adidas Carter Knox stuff, meaning that Louisville will land Carter Knox. Let me read some of your text from the text line. Texter, is the entire coaching staff, uh, let's see, sedated <laughs> before? <laughs> Is the entire coaching staff sedated beforehand? I have never seen any emotion coming from them, or has Kenny rubbed off on them? I see text. I don't agree with this. I feel like they have shown more emotion since the calendar struck 2024. Now, if you would have told me in 2022, 2023, that you felt this way, okay, I get it. I felt the exact same way. I think Drew Diener coined the term row of silence, meaning they would be silent all the time. Throughout the entirety of the game. Like, there's no bickering between them and the head coach. No bickering between them and a player. No nothing. But since the calendar struck 2024, I've seen more emotion out of Nolan. I've seen more emotion out of Danny Manning. Still don't get a whole lot out of Jameson besides him holding the clipboard. But nonetheless, Nolan seems to be getting more scouts. Seems to be active. Seems to be pointing, yelling, telling guys where to be. They just, I mean, sometimes they're just never there. So, I don't completely agree with this anymore. I feel like this was... What was happening the first in 2022 part of the season, 2023 part of that season. And since the calendar struck 2024, I don't feel this way. Let's continue reading. Texter, it says, just realized Haley is with Adidas and at a Nike school. Yes, she is. And she's not the only one. Like I said, Angel Reese is at a Nike school. She's with Reebok. Justin Edwards is at a Nike school. He's with New Balance. Ian Jackson is going to a Jordan brand school in North Carolina. And he just signed with Adidas. And then, of course, Haley Van Lith is now with Adidas and she oh well, has been with Adidas and she's now at a Nike school. So the whole paying attention to the shoe company thing that, that doesn't that's irrelevant at this point. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. These young men and young ladies have free will to sign with whoever is offering the most cash. Let's, let's just put it honest. Let's just put it out there. They're going to sign with whoever offers them the most money, whoever does the most by them. And that's, it's just that simple. So shout out to Carter Knox for getting that deal done. But him coming to Louisville just because he's a Adidas guy just doesn't make any sense. Now, we we preluded, we talked about before at the beginning of the show, top of the show, that there was a Super Bowl that was played last week. It feels like forever since the Super Bowl. Because of the events that took place at the parade, it feels like the Super Bowl is kind of you know, kind of minimized. And, and I want to, before I get into the actual game, I do want to say uh, thoughts and prayers and condolences out to all of those that were affected by the tragic events that took place in Kansas City during the parade. Uh, a number of children injured because of gunfire. Uh, one woman who has children is no longer here. So just want to send thoughts and prayers to them because that is an unfortunate situation. And there's no reason why a million plus people should be out celebrating their team, celebrating a sporting event, doing something we've all done. We've all been a part of celebratory uh, things when it comes to sports. And to have uh, that type of moment, your team winning the Super Bowl, their back-to-back Super Bowl in their third and four years, to have that moment uh, ruined because of some some delinquents, some juvenile delinquents at that, like literally juveniles, is unfortunate. But so I want to send my thoughts and prayers uh, to them because that is unfortunate. Now there was actually a game that was played. On Sunday, and we witnessed uh, the, the the cementing of the making 
of a legend, and that is Patrick Mahomes. The inevitable that is Patrick Mahomes. I talked last week. I said if Patrick Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl in his first six years playing professional football, it's his seventh year in the league, but he didn't play his rookie year. So his first six years actually playing, he has two MVPs, like league MVPs, three Super Bowls and three Super Bowl MVPs. He's now in that rare air of like the Tiger Woods or the Michael Jordan of his sport. And here's the thing. I, this is, I mean, what we're watching. We, I didn't think, after Tom Brady retired, well, when Tom Brady was doing what he was doing, in the midst of winning six and seven Super Bowls, I, I, I thought it would be a long time before we saw another guy come and even threaten the GOAT ring. Because it took Tom Brady, even when Tom Brady won his first three Super Bowls, people weren't calling him the GOAT because those three Super Bowls were dependent heavily on the defense. And so everybody was like, well, Joe Montana's still the GOAT, one, because he still had more Super Bowls, and two, because he was more prolific as a passer and had a more prolific offense and had Jerry Rice and just Joe Montana was that dude. And for a long time, even during his own era, people thought Peyton Manning was better because Peyton Manning has the five. NFL MVPs and Peyton Manning was more prolific as a passer and was seen to be more cerebral and control his own offense and do all the different things. And so Tom Brady really didn't get that GOAT label until year, you know, 12 and and like in the conversation. Let me take that back. Not the GOAT level, just the best quarterback of his era until a decade, uh, 12 years, 13 years into his career. You know, Peyton Manning, for the for a large chunk of Tom Brady's career, a lot of people always thought Peyton Manning was better. Tom was just on better teams. It's just how it was. I was I lived it. A lot of people thought Peyton was better. Tom was just on the better teams. It wasn't until later in his career when Tom started to become Tom Brady. <laughs> Around the Randy Moss years was when, oh, okay, Tom is him. Like, Tom didn't win his first league MVP until, what, 12 years into his career? 12, 13 years into his career? Yeah, then it was like, oh, 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 Tom is Tom. And then he kept winning Super Bowls. You know, he won those first three, had a long layoff, won four and five, won four, then five, had a long layoff, won six, had a little layoff, won six over the Rams, and I was like, yo, this is the GOAT. And then he went to Tampa and did something, I mean, just most of us didn't think was possible, won another one. After people left him for dead. After uh, Max Kellerman said he's fallen off the cliff. Won two Super Bowls after that. <laughs> and so when the Brady thing was happening, Patrick Mahomes entered the league. And Patrick Mahomes, rookie year, well, not his rookie year, second year in the league, but his first year starting through for 50 touchdowns, won his first MVP, and it was like, woo but he lost to who? Tom, who went on to win his sixth Super Bowl. Then Pat Mahomes got in there and won one. Okay. Okay, this dude is the truth. Then he got to another one. But then he lined up across the GOAT, Brady. Now, history will be unforgiving to Pat. But for us who lived it, we understand Pat, both his starting right and left tackle, could not play. And the Bucks had one of the best pass rushings, rushes in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes was literally running for his life against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And Tom Brady made things happen and won another Super Bowl. Number seven, including over Pat. The problem is Tom Brady eventually had to retire. And this dude, Pat Mahomes, is still, still, still chucking away.
And now he's entered a stratosphere that has him in the conversation of the GOAT. Some people will even consider him the GOAT. And you're like, Jeff, how can we consider Patrick Mahomes the GOAT already when he's only seven years into the league and only has three Super Bowls and and Brady has seven? He doesn't even have half of Brady's Super Bowls. And I'm like, here's why. Here is why. Because what a lot of you do not realize is that Patrick Mahomes is having a Jordan-like career just on steroids. See, Jordan couldn't break through for a while. Lost to the Celtics, dropped, what, 60 on the Celtics in the playoffs, kept losing to the bad boy Pistons, couldn't, couldn't break through, couldn't break through. And then when he finally broke through, he couldn't stop, couldn't stop winning. Won three in a row, took a break, messed around with baseball for a little bit, then came back and said, mm, I'm still the king of this sport, won three more in a row. The thing about Patrick, though, is that he's doing that can't stop winning. He just never had the struggle phase. <laughs> like, he didn't have the bad boy Pistons in his way. He didn't have the Larry Bird Celtics in his way. He didn't, he never faced that. Or if you say he did, he obliterated it. He came out the gate, boom, 50 touchdowns. And then from there, all he's done is win, 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 no matter what. Because he didn't win the Super Bowl the year he threw for 50 touchdowns. But he, he won it another year when he wasn't supposed to. And then he won it last year when he was the MVP again. And then this year when the receivers catch a cold in Alaska. Let the league in drops. And this year when Travis Kelsey, for the first time in eight years, didn't have 1,000 yards. And looked old at times. And looked washed up at times. And this year... When they, they didn't have a running back run for 1,000 yards. They didn't have a receiver go for 1,000 yards. They, leaned heavy, they didn't have a number one receiver. They let the league in drops. Guys going on IG Live bashing the organization. Kadarius Toney. Second round pick, Sky Moore. Looking like he's not going to be the guy that they thought he would be. Kadarius Toney, they trade for nothing. But was a first round pick. Is not who they thought he would be. They're relying heavily on a fourth round rookie wide receiver, Rasheed Rice. And they had to go against Miami and their prolific offense. Buffalo on the road in Buffalo and Josh Allen, one of the hottest teams in the league. And then the hottest team in the league, the best team in the league all year with the MVP, two-time MVP, the Baltimore Ravens. Win, win, win. And then go to a Super Bowl playing who a lot of people thought was the best team in the league or second best behind Baltimore. Neutral site, Vegas, Super Bowl. Down 10 points and win again. Dog, this dude is different. This dude is in rarefied air. See, Brady didn't reach this until the end of his career. This rarefied air. Because those first three Super Bowls, people gave it to the defense. Think about it. Brady has won seven Super Bowls, but has only been Super Bowl MVP, what, three times? Pat's already been Super Bowl MVP three times. Edelman has been a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Deion Branch has been a Super Bowl MVP with Brady. Bunch of bunch of different guys have been Super Bowl MVPs with Brady. Pat Mahomes, he's that dude. Let me read some of your texts. He's that dude. Texter, this is the problem. Uh, too much UK talk into the city. Oh, no, there wasn't a lot of UK talk. Texter, don't need to react uh, this airball, but I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, his gun nuts need to 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I always got some sports takes. We got a little political, my bad, with the parade stuff. I'm sorry. Texter, it feels like working at Ford when you're there, you're where you want to be. Ford t shirt soon as uh Okay, I don't I don't get what some of this stuff is saying. Okay, we got one. Texter, Mahomes hasn't sniffed Brady's success yet, though. It's not true. What hasn't okay, let's let's dive into this. This is not true. This is kind of like when I was telling you guys the whole the thing about Brady is that he's had a, a longevity. I don't know if Pat Mahomes will play 22 seasons, but what has Brady done that Pat Mahomes hasn't done? He's done everything that Brady's done. He maybe hasn't done it as many times. But Pat Mahomes is only seven years into a career that will at least probably be 12 to 15 or maybe 18 to 20. I don't know. I don't think he'll be that and he'll go that long. But, okay, Brady's a three-time regular season MVP winner. Well, Pat Mahomes has already done that twice. Okay, check. Brady led the league in passing and in touchdowns. and threw for, Brady's one of only, what, four people to throw for 50 touchdowns in a season. Okay, uh, one of those people is also Pat Mahomes. Check. Uh, Brady has won three Super Bowl MVPs. Okay, so is Pat Mahomes. Check. Brady won back-to-back Super Bowls. His team was the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls, 03-04. Uh, Pat Mahomes just did that this year. <gasps> 23-24. Check. And has a legit chance to 3 P. Brady prevented... The AFC from winning, from even making it to the Super Bowl for a long period of time. Okay, in six years as a starter, Pat Mahomes has been in the Super Bowl four times. So check. <laughs> I mean, Pat Mahomes only lost in the AFC Championship game. He's been there six straight years. He's only lost twice. One to Tom Brady when Brady threw a pick, but they caught offsides. And the second to Joe Burrow, where Pat Mahomes had a bad second half. He looked bad, and Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat him, and they went on to losing the Super Bowl. But the other four years, Pat Mahomes has finished his year in the Super Bowl and three times holding the Lombardi Trophy and Super Bowl MVP. So, once again, Texter, I'm asking you, what has Tom Brady done that Pat Mahomes hasn't done? What has he done that Pat Mahomes hasn't done? That's not to say he, he's done everything that he's done, Pat Mahomes has done. He's just, Brady's just done more times. But you don't think, let's call it in the next five years, Pat Mahomes won't get one more Super Bowl? I'm not saying he'll win five more. I'm just saying you don't think he'll get one or two more in the next five to eight years? Because you got to think, during the Brady run, he had a 10-year gap where he didn't win a Super Bowl. Do you think during Pat Mahomes' year, uh, career, there will be a 10-year gap where he doesn't win a championship? And he just won one without a number one receiver for the second year in a row. <laughs> because last year, their number one receiver was Juju. Now, Kelsey was a lot better. But their number one receiver was Juju Smith, Schuster. He, he ain't no, no nobody number one receiver. <laughs> he wasn't nobody number one receiver in Pittsburgh. He ain't no number one receiver in New England. And he was he was a good, reliable receiver. But then they got rid of him and said, all right, we'll just rock with a rookie, Rasheed Rice. Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, guys who were supposed to step up, take a leap up, and year two actually regressed, not progressed. And so we just bring back in McCole Hardman and rock with that. Get a couple of tight ends. Kelsey will turn back into Kelsey for the playoffs. 
He was eh, he was decent during the regular season, but he wasn't Travis Kelsey until the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs, he became I was like, okay, this, that's Travis Kelsey. There he is. Well, we found him. Oh, maybe he got swapped up in all the Taylor Swift stuff, but he's back now. <laughs> he's back now. 90-something yards in the Super Bowl, 93 yards in the second half of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's Travis Kelsey. And so, yeah, man, Pat Mahomes, he's in rarefied air. And the thing is, the question is now, can they realistically three-peat? Can they realistically three-peat? And the answer depends on one guy. And the guy's not Patrick Mahomes because we know what Pat Mahomes is going to do. I think they'll either go for a number one receiver either in the draft. They'll probably draft a, a wide receiver first round. Keon Coleman looks like he could be there. Uh, maybe Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. One of those two guys possibly in the first round. Or maybe even wait to the second round and and add guy a guy like – or later in the draft. You know, because they find guys later in the draft. She Rice was like a you know, third or fourth round pick. A guy like Jamari Thrash, <coughs> my little pitch for Jamari Thrash could end up in Kansas City and look really nice next to Pat Mahomes and Rasheed Rice. But regardless, they're going to get somebody. Or they could sign a free agent. Mike Evans is a free agent this year. They're going to sign somebody. But it doesn't even depend on them because I think their offense is going to be whatever it is as long as Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid's running the show. If they want a three-peat, it realistically depends on whether they're able to keep Chris Jones or not. That's not to say that they can't win it without Chris Jones. The chances just drastically decrease. Because the saving grace of the Chiefs season, and even the Super Bowl, some would say, was the defense. Chiefs had a top defense all year. And people just never really paid attention to it. Because they were struggling, because the wide receivers were struggling, people didn't realize that they were struggling as a team. They went five and five to cl- five and five to close out the last ten games of the season. But in those, even in those games that they lost, they weren't giving up a ton of points. They just weren't scoring a ton of points. But they weren't giving up massive amounts of points. They were dominating on defense. All pro, Trent McDuffie, one of the most elite corners in the league. Legarius Sneed, gotta pay him. Gotta pay Chris Jones. And McDuffie's still on his rookie deal. Going to eventually have to pay him. George Kalafalis played for Coach Brown at Purdue. Made plays all year. Chiefs were second in the league in sacks. So some of these defensive guys are going to start getting expensive. How do you manage the roster from there? How are you able? Because the Chiefs, unless they go out and get another dynamic receiver, their offense won't be as dynamic. Mahomes will just make plays to win. And so with the offense not being as dynamic, they rely heavily on the defense being as good as it's been. And are you able to keep the defense that good with all of these guys keep winning? Because, you know, these guys are two-time Super Bowl champions now, back-to-back Super Bowl champions. They're going to want to get paid. Chris Jones, three-time Super Bowl champion. The best defensive player on a dynasty. He's going to want to get paid. Legereus Sneed already said, he came out on Kay Adams' Good Morning Football show. And they said, Legereus, what do you have to say to Chiefs, to Brett Veach, the GM of the Chiefs? All he said was, and I quote, pay me, pay me, pay me. Because he's a fourth-round pick on a rookie deal. He wants to get paid. They got some decisions to make. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage all of that moving forward. And before we get out of here. NBA All-Star Game is in Indianapolis, about, what, 120 miles north of us, right at 
They had some events at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium last night. They've got even more events at Lucas Oil Stadium. And then, of course, the game itself will be at uh, Cambridge or Cambridge in Indianapolis. Hopefully the snow didn't slow those guys down last night. It was a lot of snow. We had snow here in the city. But uh, I really enjoyed Micah Parsons. He was the MVP of the Celebrity Game. He made it known that he wanted to go out and win MVP. And he went out and won MVP. So shout out to Micah Parsons. I think he had 37 points and 16 rebounds and four steals. It's Stephen A versus uh, Shannon Sharp. Now, Shannon... Real quick, Shannon Sharp had a lot of was doing a lot of jaw jacking against Mike Epps and said, I'm gonna see you in Indianapolis. <laughs> Wrong move, Shannon. I think somebody quickly let him know. Hey, Mike Epps is actually from Naptown. Mike Epps runs Naptown. You might not wanna challenge Mike Epps and you going to his home turf. That's like threatening somebody and then walking into their front yard. And you walking in barehanded, empty-handed, and you just walked into their house. <laughs> With all they peoples there and whatever they got with them. So Shannon quickly turned his tone, and I'm glad him and Mike Epps was able to squash that. But Indianapolis, All-Star Weekend looks fun. Sad. I I am not able to participate in the festivities, but it looks like a lot of fun. And I want to ask you guys, are y'all interested in NBA All-Star Weekend anymore? You know, the Pro Bowl has kind of died for the NFL and they kind of revitalized it a little bit this year. I thought it was competitive with all the different games and the different stuff and the flag, football. Are you guys still into NBA All-Star Weekend? Like, are you still into the three-point shootout and the dunk contest, even though it's a bunch of G League guys now, and the skills competition? Like, the dunk contest is literally all G League guys now. Like, you got Jacob Toppin, who's not in the NBA, and Mac McClung, who's not in the NBA. He's the defending champ. But that's what a lot of people were asking for. Just give us a more competitive dunk contest. And we'd be into it. We were really into Mac McClung winning last year. Are you guys still into NBA All-Star Weekend? To Indianapolis. It looks like a good time. I wish I was there because it looked like a very, very good time, especially that celebrity game with Micah Parsons and, and CJ Stroud and all those guys going head to head. So NBA All-Star in Indianapolis. Be sure to check out all the events tonight and the game tomorrow. And when you hear the sweet sounds of Larry June, that means my time with you all is over thank you thank you thank you guys as always for tuning in to the victory formation sports show right here on 93.9 the ville from james black jeff houston and myself we appreciate you guys and we will see you next time peace